Yesterday, early evening, my wife and I went to the summer stroll here in town. I'm sure I, I saw several of you there, including somebody who was responded in a way that I'd never seen before from this person. Kelly, what's your new greeting? <laughs> she said hello by going. Today's Father's Day, and as much as we as a body of Christ and we as individuals honor dads, we live in a time, we live in a day and age where fathers are kind of just picked on. They're the brunt of the jokes of television over and over and over and over again. They're, they're the stupid people in the sitcoms. Somebody's phone's going off. <laughs> this morning, let me read from a great word of Charles Schultz. On Valentine's Day, this is, this is the, the three gals of peanuts that are there playing jump rope and they're talking. On Valentine's Day, I gave my mother a real nice lacy type Valentine that I made at school. I even gave my grandpa a present on Groundhog Day. How about St. Patrick's Day? I sent my uncle in Boston a nice card. On the first day of spring, I always give my mother a flower. Mother's Day is neat. I always get mom something real nice on Mother's Day. How about today? Did you give your father? What, what did you give your father today? Today? Good grief. I forgot about today. Oh, well. My dad won't say anything. He might sigh, but he won't say anything. That's what's good about Father's Day. You don't have to remember it. Disrespect. Dads. Disrespect. It's sad. I, I, I couldn't believe, you know, I'm, I'm thinking all this, how dads are picked on and disrespected in front of the comics page. Wow. And yet, dads, we're not perfect. And we haven't had real good examples in front of us. Our dads haven't been perfect. I reflected on my own story. My dad, my father, I got I to get that straight. My father, who left his family when I think I was about a, a year and a half old, left, gone. Didn't know where he was at, didn't know what he was doing. My adoptive dad, mom got married again. He adopted us, my brother and I. And because he was the adoptive dad, he was kind of in that catch-22 of what the heck do I do? I'm not going to be right at this. I'm not going to be good at this. And there, there, were, there would even be questions in, in a child's mind of how invested he was in this. 
So I share this because I want you to know I understand the imperfect father. I understand the, the hole that's left. My bio dad, my father, my brother, not so sure I like this action of him. When I was about 40 years of age, my brother digs him back up, digs his family back up, and thus him. Good story. I get to meet a grandma and a bunch of aunts and uncles that I'd never met. Rougher side of it, brother and I climb in an airplane. We fly out to where father is and meet him and I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. You know, I'm a believer in, in Christ and I'm a follower of Jesus and, and I want to love this man and I, I want to see where this relationship ought to be. Just trying to figure out this dad thing. As we're heading back to the airport, we have two vehicles because we got to turn one in and other people wanted to go along. Bio father, he's riding in the car with me. Just he and me. We get to talk. I said, okay, this is my opportunity to really just find out where his heart is. So I asked him a question. I said, throughout your whole life, everything that's happened in your life, what would you say is... Uh, the, the pinnacle, the most important, the, that, that, was, that was the thing that, it, that, that just excited you the most. <laughs> I'd say that's when I belonged to the Raiders Nation. He just missed an opportunity. <laughs> I laid it out there for him. I learned at that point that it was actually a blessing that he did not end up being a constant influence in my life through those first 40 years. Because I wanted my life to be more than just a sports team and being part of the crazies. My adoptive dad, he wasn't perfect, but he was there. And there's things about me that are more like him than my bio dad. He earned it. He deserves it. And yet, as I read scripture and as I deal with the theology of fathers. I've had to come to terms with and get a hold of the understanding that my father desire, deserves honor because God tells me to honor my father. I had to struggle through that. Well, he didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. Not in the sense that we, in a worldly sense, as a, in a human sense, would think through. 
This morning I want to talk about that honoring because I think we all, we have our stories. Some of us have tougher stories than others when it comes to our parents, our, our fathers. Some of us are blessed and <laughs> praise God. But even those in those blessed circumstances, there's still issues. The fifth commandment as recorded in Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Okay. That's, that's, that was, that, I, I struggled with that. It goes on that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. And here's your first fill in the blank. I know I don't have the PowerPoint this morning. Here we have a biblical instruction for living that's full of promise. It's instruction with promise. Honor your father and mother that your days would be long and it may be well with you in the land with the Lord, which the Lord your God has given you. How many would like for your days to be long and, 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 and for it to be well with you? <laughs> yeah. We all want that, don't we? And God's just given us a clue on how we can have it. All right, I'm in then. It, it sounds like a, a life that's just full of, of blessing and happiness. Now, the, the Hebrew word that's translated here is honor. It's kabed, and it's, it carries with it the meaning of, of heavy or, or weighty. In other words, honor means treating one's parents with the gravity that their position demands. To, to recognize and esteem the, the value of one's father and mother. In the New Testament, the word that is used, that, that's translated as honor in the Greek is, is time, and, and which... It, basically means value or a, a, a price paid. To, to honor another person is to value that person. To respect and esteem that individual, to regard the importance of him or her. The essence of, of success in our life is our relationships. Relationships with God. Relationships with ourselves, relationships with other people. And if, if, if these relationships are working, people, everything works. You feel like you're on cruise control. If it's not working, there is no amount of money or fame or prestige or anything else that's going to make us happy. Nothing. Nothing. So we find here in our text, it's an essential key to, to living a long, fulfilling life. The key is learning to give honor to others. We're not very good at that here in the United States. We like to dishonor. We like to tear down. Because we think if we tear somebody else down, that builds us up. Wrong. 
we're wrong. So I want to take a look at how this commandment teaches us a, a fundamental lesson essential in all of our relationships. So, first of all, we learn how to relate to others. Another fill in the blank. Giving honor is, is vital to effective relationships. And I'm not talking about giving flattery. Because flattery is, is a, a corrupt perversion to the real thing. I've had people work me or try to. They lay it on thick. But it's corrupt. It's, it's, flattery is insincere. It's manipulative. It's motivated by self-interest. You know, they're, they're telling you all good things about you just so they can get what they want. Scripture strongly warns us against flattery. And on the other hand, we, we need affirmation. We, we need encouragement. We need respect, don't we? Guys, you can nod your heads too. <laughs> Guys, we just kind of sit there and go, oh, well, I, you know. We just sigh. <laughs> the healthy husband-wife relationship is built upon mutual trust and respect. A, a wife honors her husband by expressing respect for him. She does not belittle him although she knows his weaknesses better than anybody else. And ladies, you can say amen. That's okay. Because you do. That's truth. But she supports and encourages him and brings out the best in him by honoring him before others and, and valuing him as her husband. That's a good husband-wife relationship. A husband honor his, honors his wife by, by loving her and cherishing her. The husband who has, has long learned to, to properly honor women in his life will cherish his wife. And guess what? It will go well with him in the home. What God promised? It will go well with you? <laughs> There's one of the places it does. You see, with both husbands and wives, it's, it's about giving honor. It, it, that which is of great value to us, we, we protect it and we guard it and we value it. We nurture it. And some of us are going like, oh, if I'd only had that lesson before. I understand. But where does the husband learn to treat a woman with honor? Hopefully, it's, it's, it's from his father's example. My dad disappeared. My adoptive dad wasn't perfect. Mm. He also learns it by the process of honoring his father and mother. Honor your father and mother as the Lord has commanded you. 
Where does a wife learn to treat her husband with respect and with high regard? In home as a little girl, hopefully from her mother's example, and as one who obeys the command, honor your father and mother as the Lord has commanded you. Parents, whether we choose to or not, we are teaching our sons and daughters how to relate to their future husband or wife. Ooh. And for you young parents or young people going to be parents, learn that lesson now rather than later. Please. Please. We do it by example. We do it by expecting our children to obey this commandment. The, children, the child who, who, who learns to honor father and mother will be trained well to, to cherish his wife, to respect her husband. And knowing how to give honor in the home is, is essential to a, a healthy marriage. How many people here that are married want a healthy marriage? And if you didn't just raise your hand, you ought to be getting an elbow in the ribs if you're sitting next to your spouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> We want that healthy marriage. We, we, we want one that is, well, we want it that it goes well with us. We do our children a great service by teaching them to honor us as parents. It's not a matter of requiring the respect to, to just somehow bolster our frail ego. That's not what it's about. It's not about me. It's about teaching them. It's about training them to, to respect. We require it as a, as a training, a preparation in their life. And this means any disrespect that is shown should be addressed and corrected, not ignored. It needs to be addressed in love. That's inappropriate. You need to honor your parent. You need to respect them. Now, let's broaden the application. Scripture does that for us often, doesn't it? Let's look at 1 Peter 2.17. Honor all people. Oh, wait a minute. But Lord, I'm having a hard enough time with my, my, my mother and my father. Honor all people? That's what it says. It says, honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Here's a radical call to honor all people. Now, how in the world can I do that? Thank you. Somebody else was over here with a fan, so if anybody knows how to turn that thing cooler, we'd all be awesome. <clears throat> A radical call to honor all people. Now, how in the world can I do that when, when some of them are, are blasphemers and adulterers and thieves and murderers, etc., etc., etc.? How do I honor them? Honor all people? I, I do it based on a, on a worldview, on a, a God view that developed while I honored my mother and my father.
Does the fifth commandment say, honor your father and mother if they deserve it? No. There's no qualification to the command. It's a command. Do this. The honor is given simply on the basis of who they are in relationship to me. Not on what they do. That helped me a bunch when I was dealing with my bio dad. I can honor him for who he is in relationship. He failed in a lot of things. But I can honor him because he was the father that brought me into this world. Please understand, I'm not saying you should never be angry nor disappointed with your parents and their choices on how you were raised or how they treated you. Some of you here have stories and events of life. You have every right to be disappointed in your parents. But please understand, you still got to honor them. It's hard sometimes. I understand that. By God's sovereign design, they are my parents. As my parents, they are my first relationship, my first dealing with authority that I I encounter in this life, good or bad. And I learned to give them honor, not on the basis of performance, but on the basis of their position and on human dignity. I may not respect some of their behavior. Some of their behavior may be reproachful. Just wrong. But their God-given office as parents is an honorable office. And this is something about them that I can appreciate and I can respect. So from this, I I learn to look in others for what I can esteem and what I can appreciate and, and give them honor in that. Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do you respect other people the way you want them to respect you? That's kind of a personal question because that's a, pers- that's a question that we often fail at giving a solid answer to. As, as we honor others, a, a wonderful thing happens. We begin to, to reap what we sow. As we sow honor and encouragement, we begin to receive that back in our relationships with other people. On the other other hand, if we sow criticism, if we belittle and attack, that is what will rebound into our lives. Oh, sounds miserable. I've seen it in way too many people. I've experienced it some myself way too often. If we grew up not giving our parent honor, but instead giving disrespect and reproach, we're going to tend to mirror that in our adult relationships. And we may wonder why people reject us. People don't like to hang around those people. 
The fundamental key to, to human relationships that is learned in pursuing this fifth commandment is a, a healthy perspective towards others. It's a, a skill of giving them honor. While obeying the fifth command, we also learn how to relate to ourselves. There's another fill in the blank. Through, through, through honoring our, our father and mother, we develop a wholesome attitude of self-respect. There's, there's an intimate relationship between who I am and who my parents are. If I learn to give honor to my parents, guess what? I'm, 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 I'm indirectly learning to honor and embrace who I am. Oh, yeah, that made a huge difference when I was able to settle my understanding of that relationship with my bio dad. It made a huge difference. It released me. The child who dishonors his parents is learning to dishonor himself. Oh, the teenagers right now are cringing because that's a station in life where we do that the best, right? Sorry, guys and gals. He will mirror that in his attitude towards him or herself. I don't like my parents. They're just, no, they're, they're, they're old school. They're just, they, they're not. And guess what? Pretty soon we're saying that about ourselves. It's very difficult to give what you don't have. And I said earlier that giving honor to others is, is basic to healthy relationships. And, and we need the security of, of self-respect to, to, to draw upon. I don't like myself. I'm really not going to be very good at treating others well. So I need that self-respect. And what if I have no sense of honor to give? What if I, I, all I feel is shame and inferiority and disgrace? And then I'm, you know, I'm going to tend to assume rejection and, and I'm going to defend myself by attacking others rather than affirming them. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but my question is, is how many of you can identify with that? Mm. It's only going to draw a counterattack. It's all it's going to get. And if I'm in that kind of vicious circle, I need God's healing in my life. The good news is He is our healer. He restores that which has been torn apart. He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Praise God. All of us grew up in dysfunctional homes. And a rowdy amen came. And I can say that because so did my kids. Right? I'm just admitting the truth. We all grew up in dysfunctional homes. None of them are perfect. None of them are run exactly as God would want them to be run. Amen. 
And the reason is, is because we're human. <laughs> we still struggle with letting go of some of that old man. We hang on to it. Yeah, like that. It's just a question of how dysfunctional. And that's why our minds must be renewed so that God's thinking gets into our thinking. My mind needs renewed on a daily basis. How about yours? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, brother. <laughs> minute by minute. <laughs> ah. healthy biblical view of self is sober, honest, and realistic. Humility, not pride, leads to self-acceptance. Wait a minute, the word, world teaches us that pride is how we get there. I'm proud of myself. Doesn't work too well. You see, the reason is, is pride demands more than we could ever give. Pride produces a sense of inferiority and, and it causes us to be terribly disappointed with who we are. Because we know better. Sometimes that can be mistaken for humility. It's not. It's simply feeling bad about myself because... I'm investing in the wrong skill set. Sometimes it can be mistaken for that, but instead, humility is empowering. True humility, humbleness, is empowering. It enables us to, to take the lower seat and let God be the one that raises us up in due time. It's not about me reaching up and pulling myself up that ladder of success. It's about me saying, God, here I am. Send me wherever, however, whenever. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That's what it says in 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And that's why scripture always calls us to humility when it talks about our attitude toward ourselves. Romans 12, 3, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. People, when, when we think too highly of ourselves, we begin to compare ourselves with others, and then we go into this performance mode rather than into grace mode. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Yeah, I know. You all thought Popeye came up with that statement. He didn't. It's found in 1 Corinthians 
Pop, I read the scriptures. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> I'm not a nobody. I'm somebody created by God for his eternal purposes, redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, valuable in the eyes of God, but so are others. I don't have to be better than everybody else. And guys, that should release you right there. Because guys, we especially feel like we got to be better than everybody else. We are taught to compete in this world. Give it up. Give it up. <laughs> we are to esteem other people, all other people accordingly, not pushing and shoving and trying to prove something to ourselves. We need to reach out to them and love them. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. All right, anybody? No. <laughs> We're all guilty of that. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That's humble. That's humility. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He's God. And he stepped down here. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The world is never going to understand this thinking. They aren't. Self-acceptance is not trying to be better than others but humbling ourselves and letting God make us what he wants us to be. Humility frees us from the, the pursuit of our own honor. And, and paradoxically, what that does is it brings a sense of honor from God. Who do you want your honor from? <laughs> Come on. Johnny, who do you want your honor from? That's who I want my honor from. It's my Father in heaven. Proverbs 25, 27. To seek, to seek one's own glory is not glory. Our world is so mixed up. It's a constant battle for us to truly understand and truly follow what God has for us and to really get it. It's hard because there's so many other voices who are out there speaking to us. What 
One of the greatest discoveries any person can ever find is, is how to live with oneself. I got a feeling there's some people struggling with that right here, right now. The truth is, I'm stuck with me forever. I can't divorce myself. I, I can't leave myself. Even if I die, I've still not escaped from myself. Myself goes with me. For all eternity, I must live with me. So, so I, I, I need to find a way to live with myself. I really do. It's imperative. There's no checking out. There's no easy way. I need to find a way to live with myself, like myself even. Somebody once wisely said, the man who can't stand himself can't stand much else. French proverb that says, when a man finds no repose in himself, it is vain for him to seek it elsewhere. The life we live between our ears can affect everything around us. That poem says it pretty good. I am true to my, oh, Am I True to Myself? by Edgar Geist. I have to live with myself, and so I want to be fit for myself to know. I want to be able, as days go by, always to look myself straight in the eye. I don't want to stand with the setting sun and, and hate myself for things I have done. I want to keep on a closet, I don't want to keep on a closet shelf a lot of secrets about myself and fool myself as I come and go into thinking that nobody else will know. The kind of man I really am I don't want to dress up myself in shame. I don't want to go out with my head erect. I, don't, I, I want to deserve all men's respect. But here in the struggle for fame and pelf, which is money, I want to be able to like myself. I, I don't want to look at myself and know that I'm bluster and bluff and empty show. I, I can never hide myself from me. I see that others may never see. I know what others may never know. I can never fool myself. And so, whatever happens, I want to be self-respecting and conscience-free. I'm reminded of, of two stories. First is from the movie City Slickers. Go great jump, jumps for theology, don't we? Let's see, I've had Popeye. Anyway. <laughs> Billy Crystal's character was he, he, he was, he was being offered advice from one of his friends. And his, the advice was to, to, to go ahead and play around. Because he had an opportunity of, of not being caught and his wife wouldn't know. Billy's character puts it back this way. My wife may never know, but that's not the problem. 
The problem is I would know. Exactly. Exactly. That should be a motivation in not doing those things that we know we're not supposed to do, guys and gals. It's not because others might find out. It's because I know. The second story is that of Judas. Yeah. The traitor. And I'm not going to tell the whole story, but the bottom line is this. He didn't sell Christ for those 30 silver coins. That was the price he sold himself for. Because he never recovered from that. In obeying the fifth commandment, we also learn how to relate to God. That's your last fill in the blank. The first representative of God a person meets is his parents. Good or bad. He arrives in the world totally helpless. He arrives hungry and, and there's mom to feed him. Arrives defenseless. There's dad to protect him. And as an infant, he has not yet developed his theology. Why would he? He hasn't had a chance to be at church yet, right? He can't have a theology without going to church. And so all he knows is his parents are there to love him and to care for him. How is he to respond to that? He is to learn to give appropriate respect and honor to mother and father. And then one day he, he comes to realize and he comes to know that there is a source beyond mom and dad. He comes to know God as his heavenly father. How, how, how is he going to relate to God? He's going to tend to relate to God in the same way that he learned to relate to those first representatives in his life. Honor your father and mother as the Lord has commanded you. Our relationship with God is significantly impacted by the relationship with father and mother. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want to be wise. The Living Bible in its translation says, for the reverence and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. We, we, we learn to give appropriate honor to God through learning to honor our father and mother. You see, this, this worldview, this, this understanding, this skill, this, this life orientation is basic to all wisdom. It's basic to our relationship with God. Think, think about the promises of the, the fifth commandment, Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father, your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There's two aspects to this promise. That your days may be long and that it may be well with you. And how does that happen? It's ultimately fulfilled in a person's relationship with God. 
And, and this happens as the lessons in, in respect towards mom and dad flow into a, a healthy respect for God as our heavenly father. And I want to suggest that in general, the way, the, the process that the promises of the fifth commandment become effectual, become real in our lives is this. Learning to respect and honor our parents as a child teaches us to give appropriate respect and honor to God. This produces a life of obedience that God can bless and protect. And there's also a relationship between honoring parents, honoring God, and our carrying dignity and honor in our own soul. A, a successful, blessed life is, is founded on, upon how we give honor. We don't do very good at it, but I'm telling you, people, we need to. It's important. And through obedience in this fifth commandment, we learn how to give appropriate honor. We learn how to, to relate to others. We, we learn how to relate to ourselves. We learn how to relate to God. What a blessing it is to have parents to teach us that as a child. This Father's Day, it's a great time to tell our dads how much we appreciate and value them. And I trust that every parent here sees the importance of this training in your kids' lives. Train them to respect. Train them to honor all people, including yourself. There are perhaps many who would say, Pastor, if I were to be honest, I would have to say, I struggle in all the areas that you've talked about this morning. I struggle with my own self-acceptance and esteem. I struggle with this thing called the fear of God. I, I struggle in my people relationships. What about me? I've got good news. It's never too late. It's never too late. By the grace of God, it is possible to recognize what's wrong and change it. Praise God. We are not doomed to defeat just because we, we didn't learn these lessons early in life. It would have been nice. But the past can't be changed. What can be changed is the present. And that will affect the future. Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's doable, people. Through God, through his Holy Spirit, we can be changed.
You see, the, the word of God energized by the influence of the Holy Spirit can change our view of ourselves. It can change our view of God. It can change our view of other people, even those really nasty ones that are in your mind somewhere. I want to invite you to join with me in prayer. We're going to ask God to do that. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we invite you to be the teacher in our lives. Teach us how to honor all people. Teach us how to give you glory and honor. Teach us how to live in humility and grace and, and simply be what you've called us to be. And Lord, teach us to honor our father and mother. And through that, we can claim your blessing in that all our days may be long and that it may be well with us. Father, I pray healing into the lives of all that hear this this morning. I pray healing in how they feel towards themselves and, and their understanding of their relationship with their father. Father, I pray healing. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.